Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Between You and Me. Um, I just want to let you guys know I'm really, really tired right now. Like exhausted. My day hasn't even started and I'm exhausted. So if you hear that type of vibe, just know I'm just really tired. It's not a lack of enthusiasm because I'm kind of excited to talk about this topic. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys that piece of information in advance. Today I'm going to be talking about social media and there's a lot, a lot of things that have to do with this subject. And I am talking about it from a perspective of someone who's First of all, been a user of social media since I was a preteen. Like, I've been using social media since I was 12, probably younger, actually. I don't know if, like, AIM, <laughs> if anyone remembers AIM, or MSN Chat, or, you know, MySpace counts. So, even younger if you count those. But I've been a user for a long time, is what I'm trying to say. And then, you know, over time, I started to become a creator on social media, so I feel like I have a bit of an interesting perspective on social media from a user and creator point of view. So that's what we're going to delve into today. I want to talk about the standards of beauty on social media, the toxicity of it, the expectations, and just being an influencer in general, too. So we're going to hop right into it. I got a lot of good questions too. Some of them I'm going to be like adding while I'm doing my little talking section at the beginning and then we're going to get into more questions at the end because I got a lot of good ones on my Instagram which is um, at between you and me podcast. So don't forget to follow that. But yeah, let's get right into it. Okay, so I feel like starting off one big thing that is super evident on social media, especially Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, those are like the main three that I feel like I'm going to be talking about, are that regardless if you are an influencer or if you are not an influencer, I feel like people's lives will always look better than they seem. And because of that, a lot of people end up comparing themselves to the people that they see on social media. This kind of ties into everything because I feel like this is kind of what creates a toxic space online because there's a lot of comparison that goes on and there's a lot of highlight reels. Like I've talked about this many times before, I feel like social media is a highlight reel to your life. And sometimes you'll find influencers who do delve into the harder parts of their lives and do talk about harder things that have happened to them. For example, I literally just saw Hailey Bieber post like a 12-minute video on her Instagram about her health issues that she just went through. And it's kind of a reminder that, you know, people are always showing and want to show the best and happiest parts of their lives. Now, sometimes this can be negative, like sometimes people are doing it in a way to show off or to monetize or to advertise their lives in a way for people 
to want to follow them, to want to click on a video, to want to stay tuned on what's going on in their lives. But sometimes, on the other hand, it really is just a genuine moment of someone wanting to share a good part of their day or a good part of their lives. So in this example with Hailey Bieber, it's like, it's a good reminder. It's like, people have hard shit that they go through in their lives. Sometimes they don't feel comfortable putting it online, especially you can imagine everybody's eyes are on this girl. Like, she's literally married to Justin Bieber. So that can be a really nerve-wracking thing to share. But I kind of respect it a lot. I feel like it is something that, you know, people knew about. It did become a public thing. And she wanted to share exactly what she went through for other people to kind of be weary, I guess, of their own health and to be careful of things like this because they can happen to anyone. It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity. It doesn't matter if you're an influencer. It can happen to everyone. And we should all be more mindful of our health. I think that's what I took away from it. If you haven't seen that, it's on her Instagram page. Um, She just talked about the blood clot, I think, that she had that traveled to her brain and she had like a really scary experience and a lot of doctor's appointments and specialists in order to find out what was wrong with her. But with that being said, giving you guys another example of how you know, people can perceive things as somebody having a good life or always being happy when in reality that's not actually the case is actually through my own little experience. Not little, it was actually very big. But I think most of you guys know that I did go through a breakup and this happened in November 2021. So, you know, during this time... I was still very active on YouTube specifically because it is my job at the end of the day. It's what I do out of everything else. This is where my income basically comes from, how I, you know, sustain my own life. So it's difficult because I was going through probably one of the hardest experiences that I've gone through to this day, which is lucky for me to say because I haven't had some extremely life-altering negative experiences apart from that, I guess you could say. So in this time frame, obviously it takes a good couple months, probably more, to even mentally process and accept a breakup especially one that was a big part of my life and I still had to be consistent on social media I still had to do filming editing posting keeping up to date with Instagram stories posts reels if you look back at that time and honestly sometimes I do go back and look at that like personally in my eyes I can see how my demeanor and the way that I talked and the way that I acted was a lot sadder, I guess you could say. Like, I wasn't very enthusiastic. Like, I I feel like in my eyes, I looked different. Like, I looked like I wasn't as happy or I wasn't, you know, normal compared to how I normally act in every other one of my videos. But to the average person's eyes who just know me only on social media, I doubt that you guys noticed anything. So with that being said, it's just like there's a lot of things that 
people who don't know somebody personally don't realize that this person is going through behind the scenes because, like I said, everybody is showing the better parts of their lives. Now, I wasn't pretending like I was doing amazing and I was, you know, thriving in life and having the best time ever. I think, like I said, if you go back and check those videos out from that time frame, you can kind of see I wasn't doing well. But I wasn't explicitly saying like, oh, this is what I'm going through. I'm having a really shit time right now. Like my heart is broken. Like I was just kind of painting over the surface and being like, okay, I'm just going to go about my day. I'm just going to film what I need to film. And a lot of things were cut out too. Like times where I was literally just looking super sad, super depressed. And obviously I wanted to cut these things out because I wasn't ready to explain the reason that I felt this way. So I didn't want other people to see it either. And that really just shows how everybody goes through the hard shit. Nobody is exempt of the hard parts of life. Everybody's going to go through these big issues, these, you know, life-changing events And they're also going to go through these mundane parts of life too, right? Like you sitting in bed for three, four hours a day or you having to do your commute to school or you having to do, you know, these very mundane aspects, washing the dishes or doing your laundry or doing chores around your house or having to get gas. Everybody does these things. Everybody has these boring little parts of their lives. But guess what? We just don't show it. We just don't show these things. We just don't, you know, you don't see these people who look like they have the most amazing lives ever sitting on their bed looking through TikTok for three hours. But that's life too. I do that. I sit on my bed and do nothing all day. And then some days I'm out doing everything in the book. So that's life. And these expectations can be really high because all that we see from other people is, you know, someone going skydiving, someone spending 24 hours in their Tesla, somebody visiting New York City for the weekend, things like that. It can be really unrealistic to hold yourself to the standards that people on social media give you. But at the same time, these people are doing it as a part of their job. We have to keep that in mind. Like, when you're a CEO of a company and you just went through a divorce you're still going to show up to work. You're still going to do what you have to do because the world doesn't stop for you. And that's just a bigger issue at the end of the day. It's like regardless of what you're going through, the world is still moving and you still have to do what you have to do. And with that, I feel like a lot of people idolize the lifestyles that other people have. And it's true. Some people are very, very lucky and fortunate to be where they are. If we're looking at the Kardashians, we know the type of lifestyle that they have because of the money they make, because of the, you know, stature that they're at. And it's also really easy to make your life look amazing online when in reality it cannot be. And like I said, that is where the toxicity comes from. If we want to talk more about social media and how toxic it can get it does really have to do with the way that social media at the end of the day is a commercialized business like it started off if we go back to the good old days it started off as just solely a place for entertainment 
if we're going back, like, when was YouTube even made? I don't know, maybe, like, 2009 and 2010, 2011. I don't think people were monetizing their videos. I don't think people were getting sponsorships at that time. Um, I wasn't even on YouTube until 2012, and I don't think I even got a check until maybe, like, 2015. And that check was probably $70, like, max. So, during that time frame, everything was very entertainment-based, but at the same time, it was also very popularity-based. So, I think even before social media became a monetary thing, it was very much clout before clout even existed. At that time, I remember watching people like Jenna Marbles and Ryan Higa. He was my favorite. I was actually obsessed with him. And just people like that. And that was like when YouTube was so pure. It was so pure, so beautiful. Like literally everything was just for laughs. But then these people were also gaining a lot of popularity and gaining this emphasis on fame that we didn't even realize was something that was going to blow up in the future. And after this time frame, as social media kept growing and growing, it became a business. It started to become about money. It started to become about stature and clout. It started to become, you know, something very different to what it started off as. And I just think that that's a result of the society that we live in. Like, money is everything, unfortunately. And on social media, it ended up being that however many followers, however many subscribers, however many likes and views that you get, that meant that you were making more money. That meant that you were getting enough people watching you to want to like your videos and want to subscribe to you and see more from you and stay tuned on your life. So at the end of the day, it became a way for people to profit off of others the same way that everything else in the world is. There is an element of commercialization and like selling product and selling your own brand to other people like why do you want to stay tuned why do you want to keep knowing what's up with this person's life and a lot of the times it has to do with this element of beauty which is interesting it's like there's two main things that I personally feel like are very very important in the social media world and it's either beauty or entertainment and by entertainment I mean more like humor and like comedy so these two things I feel like that's similar to you know conventional advertising or regular like tv basically it's like humor and beauty and when it comes to beauty there are specific beauty standards on social media that a lot of young impressionable people are seeing way earlier on in their lives and are being exposed to these kinds of beauty standards before they've even, you know, grown into their own bodies or their own faces. And that's where I feel like the highest level of toxicity comes in. Because for me, like I said, I was a user of social media for a long time. But at the ages where I was going through puberty and stuff like that, you weren't really seeing the type of girls that you see today. Like, there are thousands, like, you can scroll through TikTok and see 
thousands of different beautiful girls that conventionally fit into this standard of beauty that was made up by God knows who. Literally just made up by people that want to profit off of you. And I actually saw a TikTok that was talking about how each culture has their own specific standard of beauty. And in each, like, let's say country, they commercialize products and end up making women feel like they need to adapt themselves, like change their bodies, change their faces, change their hair in order to be seen in this quote-unquote standard of beauty. So this isn't a new thing either. This is something that has been going on for years. Like I took so many classes in university where we looked into advertisement from like 1950s, 60s, 70s, and these types of subjects were already being implanted into women's minds. But the difference is they were being exposed to this standard of beauty later on in their lives. It would be in magazines, it would be in newspapers, it would be on the adult times of television in their advertisements versus now people at the age of 10 and 11 can scroll through TikTok and see that in their face right away at that young of an age. So it's really unfortunate to be honest because we're getting kids that are like so young and they already feel this element of insecurity or they already feel like they're not good enough or not beautiful enough to be, you know, one of those girls that they see online and because popularity comes from this element of like beauty all you see on your for you page or all you see on your explore page or your recommended page are these beautiful people like stunning gorgeous these celebrities that are doing their little vogue you know five minute makeup tutorial or whatever it is like how many times have you seen a beautiful girl on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, and you wanted to look like that instead of yourself. It's honestly so sad. It's like a tool that's used to leave women unhappy with the way that they look and men, to be honest. I feel like it's a little bit more prominent in women's standard of beauty versus men, but it can definitely be an issue for men to experience as well. And then we get into this whole other thing. I had a question that said, what do you feel about the overuse of filters and Photoshop? Like, oh my God. First of all, (laughs) the filters that they have on TikTok are insane. I'm just gonna say that. There's too many, by the way. Too many like makeup filters and too many things that completely alter the shape of your lips and your eyes and your nose. And they're so misleading, not only to other people, like I feel like that's not that deep because other people are seeing these filters and like you know that they're using a filter so you know they don't really look like that. But when you're using it on yourself and you're looking at a before and after of how you actually look in a camera versus how you look like with a filter on, obviously this filter is meant to accentuate your features to look like this standard of beauty right now, which is a tiny nose, big lips, nice, big, sultry eyes, like a cut jawline, things like this that are so unrealistic to expect of every woman or every man. It really just like hurts a little bit. Like sometimes I put the filter on for fun and I look at myself, I'm like, damn, I look so good. And then I'm looking at myself after and I'm like, oh, okay. And also there's some filters that don't even fit my nose. Like, when I turn to the side, the filter like cuts off and I'm like, okay, well, fuck, this wasn't built for a face like me. Am I not good enough? You know, that's the kind of question that it can leave you thinking. 
So, I mean, overuse of filters is kind of like, to me, is not as bad. But when it comes to Photoshop, as long as you're, you know, making it clear to your audience, especially if you have a very big following and a lot of impressionable people following you, then as long as you make it known that like, listen, I photoshopped myself here, I did this to my body, I did this to my face, I blurred out this like freckle on my cheek or this pimple on my forehead or whatever it is, then I think it's okay because some people don't want to show their big fat pimple on their cheek and that's just, that's just their own personal choice. But if you're giving people the impression that you look flawless every single day or your stomach always looks like that or your ass is always juicy and fat no matter what angle you're in it's just unrealistic like people are gonna believe these things 10 11 12 13 14 year old kids are gonna believe that you're supposed to look like that all the time and then that's just not the way that it is you can catch me in a youtube video from the second that i wake up puffy eyes crusty looking like ass then i take a shower then i wash my face then i put some makeup on then i do my hair then i change my outfit now i'm presentable now i'm ready to go out into the world or sometimes you'll catch me looking crusty as hell outside of the house too that's life that's reality that's how people actually look and i'm not trying to tap myself on the shoulder and be like you're so good at like telling everybody that this is not you know how you look all the time but i think it's important like if you have girls boys whatever watching you and you're consistently trying to keep up this image that you're perfect you're lying to yourself and you're lying to them so what's the point of that we're all real we're all human beings and if someone doesn't like the way that you look then fuck them i could care less I got totally sidetracked. Was I still talking about Photoshop? I actually can't remember. I don't know where I went with that. So I just feel like social media is kind of the essence of all these things. It's an advertising tool. It's a commercial platform. It's overall a business. And people just have to remember this at the end of the day. Like, yes, there are genuine people on the platform, but there's also people that abuse their power in a way and use their influence on people for their own gain and for the most part that just means money right so i guess my best advice would just to be careful of what you believe online because half of the time i'd say more than half of the time people are giving you a better outlook on how their life is than how it really is and you know it's tough Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because we're so attuned to social media on our day-to-day lives. Like, there's so much that we see of it every day that it's sometimes hard to remember that we need to cut that part out for a little bit and, like, actually set into our real life and, like, what's going on in front of us and not on our phones. And that kind of brings me into my next subject, which is what it's like to actually 
be an influencer, to work in the industry that really blends in real life and social media. And I think the hardest part for me is actually finding a way to take a break from it. Because you can imagine, like, simply just as a user, you know, people spend like five to ten hours on social media every day. Average. I know a lot of people might not spend that much time. But I spend a good like five to six every day based on my phone um, screen time. And that's just my phone. I'm on my computer all day, um, you know, doing things, working. So it's probably more than that. So for me, taking a break is really hard. I'm unfortunately extremely addicted to my phone, like nonstop on, unless I'm actually doing something where I can't be on my phone, which is rare because work lets me be on my phone and the only time I'm not really on it is you know when I'm spending time with other people because I don't like to be on my phone while I'm with other people so it can get to the point where I can really burn myself out by being tuned in all the time because it's hard to know when to stop because my life and what I do on YouTube specifically for people that do the same thing as me It's like very lifestyle, very vlog, very, you know, I tell you guys what's going on in my life. I, you know, it's not like episodes of something or only talking about a specific part of my life. It's just everything in general because it really takes you out of life, out of the moment. It puts you in this altered, like this different altered world because social media really is like its whole like universe. You can feel like you know a person, you can feel like you're friends with a person that you've never met because you know so much about their life. It's hard sometimes to take a break, pause, and be like, okay, you know what? This is real life. Let's focus on this for a second, especially when a lot of the times I have to film real life. I have to, you know, be genuine about what's going on in my day-to-day life and film and post that. Like, for example, I'm moving right now. My life is hectic as hell like it's insane I'm so exhausted I'm so tired I'm honestly like this close to burnout I'm not gonna lie and I still have to capture these moments that are actually going on in my life and then put that up online it really becomes a game of balance that's really really difficult especially right now for me because I've gotten to a point where I'm like losing track of time a little bit like time is moving so quickly I don't know what it is like what's in the air right now but time is moving so fast I feel like I'm falling behind on everything I fell behind really hard on my podcast schedule and my YouTube schedule I didn't post a podcast last week I can't post a video this week because I just don't have time to with everything else that's going on in my life so it really is difficult Because when I'm on a normal schedule, when my life is just, you know, going as usual, no big events coming up, no nothing, I can stick to a schedule, I can find balance between social media, like, during my work hours, and then after that, I kind of take a break and I do my own thing, I go to the gym, I hang out with my friends, I'm not on anymore, I'm off, right? But when there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot going on in my life, it's just so difficult because it always feels like I'm missing something, like I'm forgetting something, like I haven't gotten something done and then I have to stay on for like the whole day. 
Oh my God, it's actually exhausting. (laughs) I've honestly never felt more stressed out about balancing my life right now. It's so hectic and it can really bring you to this level of burnout. It's the same way that somebody, like I said earlier, if they're the CEO of a company and they come home and they're still thinking about work and they're still trying to, you know, do tasks that they should have been doing during the hours that they're at work, it can really lead to this level of burnout. I feel like I've had several burnouts in my life when it comes to YouTube because I've been doing it for so long. And, you know, at the beginning, it was very creative for me and it was very fun and entertaining and didn't have anything to do with how many clicks I got or how many people were watching me or, you know, if people liked me or didn't like me. It was just for me which was a really nice point in my life. But, you know, like I said, as YouTube developed, as it grew, as social media changed, became more of a business, it became something different to me. And that doesn't mean that it stopped becoming a creative outlet. I think it still is the biggest creative outlet that I have in my life. So I feel like when it comes to burnout, I would get a lot of creative burnout initially. That would happen when I just couldn't think of something that I wanted to put out on social media that made me feel good, that I was proud of, that I really enjoyed watching myself. That's something that I would actually click on and watch, you know what I mean? So because of that, I had a lot of creative burnouts. I stopped posting throughout my 10 years multiple, multiple times. I had many hiatuses. But over the past, I want to say, year, maybe more, I've been really consistent on YouTube, which I'm very proud of myself for. Um, I've made it a goal because now I have more time than ever. It's the only main thing and motivational thing that I'm working on right now in my life. So I put it as my highest priority. So it all has to do with staying consistent, making content I'm always proud of. I plan, film, edit, export, and upload all of my own videos, all my Instagram content, reels, TikToks, YouTube shorts. I record, edit um, my podcasts on a weekly basis. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And a lot of people don't really see it from an outside perspective. Like I was talking to my friend the other day and she was like, yeah, I'm on summer break now. I just finished school. Like I graduated, da, da, da. And I'm like, that's awesome. She's like, yes, now we have so much time. We can go out, we can do things. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I still have to work every day, but (laughs) nothing really changed for me. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, like, yeah, I work every day, like Monday to Friday. And she's like, really? On YouTube? I'm like, yeah, every day I'm doing my thing. She's like, damn, okay. Like people don't realize it, which is fine. I'm not mad about it. Like I'm not like, oh my God, give me some credit. It's okay. I definitely have an easier work life than others because I get to choose when I want to work. So I'm not complaining, like I said, but there is a lot that goes behind it. And right now I feel like I'm at this level of exhaustion because I have so much to do and then so much to do outside of work and there's no in between. Like, there's no where does work cut off, where does real life start, because work is my real life. It's honestly really intense to talk about, because I don't have people that relate to this type of thing in my inner circle, in my life, so 
I mean, the only people that I do talk to about are like my managers because they're in the social media world. Obviously, they manage influencers, but they don't do it themselves. So they have a different perspective on it, but they still are very understanding. I don't have close friends that do the same thing that I do. I wish I did. (laughs) If anyone out there wants to be my friend and talk about these kind of things, let me know. But that can make it hard too because you feel very alone in this little social media bubble. I don't live in an area where there's a lot of influencers or there's a lot of people that do what I do. I live in a very small suburban, like, okay, I don't know if it's that small, but I live in, like, a suburban area, like, in Ontario. So, you know, I bet if I crawled over down to Toronto, I'd know a lot more people there that might do what I do, but I just don't at the moment, right? So, with that being said... I feel like I've gotten out everything I wanted to say about social media. I feel like I ranted a lot. There's a lot that just happened there. But we're going to get into some questions now. All right, someone asked, what's your least favorite and favorite part about being an influencer on social media? All right, my least favorite part, I think basically what I just said before, my least favorite part is not knowing when work ends and real life starts and when real life ends and work starts because there's no in between when it comes to what I do it really is like meshed all into one which is why sometimes I need to take breaks like I have been because I need to get a grasp on my real life again (laughs) and like plan things out because the best way that I can actually balance is when I have things planned in advance. Like, I know this day I'm filming, this day I'm editing. Um, from, like, 12 to 5, I get all of this done. And then the next day I can actually focus on real things that I have to do in my life without filming them and having to put them up on social media. But because I have no essence of balance currently in my life, because I have so much going on outside of this work aspect, um, everything's all jumbled up. So it's really hard. (laughs) Um, My favorite part about being an influencer, you know what? I love interacting with you guys and that can go on so many different levels. Like even answering comments, you guys are so funny sometimes. Like I'm literally obsessed with like reading through them. And one of my favorite things that I've done to interact with um, you guys is start my twitch and i have like a cute little group of you guys that are consistently on my twitch i haven't really been streaming too much but basically like just interacting with you guys there because it's live and you guys are chit-chatting back and forth with me it really feels like i get to talk to you guys like on a more personal level and i actually feel like i know you guys in a way so shout out to you guys who are always on my twitch um i really appreciate you But just in general, interacting when I, you know, respond to my DMs or respond to my comments, whatever it is. And answering these questions, too, is a cool way of interacting with you guys. Um, I think it's just you. (laughs) The people that I'm talking to, you guys are my favorite part. It really is so rewarding to know that you have people that respect you as a person and enjoy the content that you're putting out like, the same way that I do with the people that I watch. All right, your views on body positivity. This question is from Pico Pause Draws underscore. Um, 
I mean, there's not much to say on that. I am pro body positivity, obviously. I feel like when I talked about uh, the standard of beauty, I didn't really talk so much about you know, body image and the way that people kind of shame the way that different bodies look like online. And it's, oh my God, I've seen it so much on TikTok, which is honestly horrifying. Like, I think the most toxic social media app that there is, is TikTok as of right now. I would have said YouTube before, but it's definitely TikTok now. People can be so cruel about the way that their bodies look. And the worst thing is that like, Have you ever seen two bodies that look exactly the same? No. So why are we holding people's bodies to a weird standard of like how they should look like? People are fucking weird. Sorry, I'm just gonna say that. Of course, I am pro-body positivity. Everybody is fucking beautiful. No matter what shape their arm is, their right leg might be longer than their left leg. I have scoliosis, so I know how that's like. And, you know, small boobs, big boobs, small ass, big ass, I could care less. Big tummy, small tummy, (sighs) whatever. Who gives a shit? The thing is that, like, if you compare your body to another person's body, it's like, haven't you found two completely different looking bodies really beautiful or really amazing or really stunning or whatever it might be? So, like, does one nice body mean the other body isn't nice? No. It just means they're both beautiful in their own way. Gosh, I think I need to give a lesson on TikTok to not body shame because I fucking hate the people on there that do that. One of my friends literally sent me a screenshot the other day of a TikTok that she posted in the comments was, do you guys ever eat? (laughs) Like, yeah, I do eat, Karen. I would have been dead if I didn't. All right, thoughts on the expectations millennials and Gen Z have to face? Shit, I don't know the age range of millennials and Gen Z. Am, what? Which one am I? Let me look this up for a second. Okay, millennial is a person reaching young adulthood in the early 21st century. Am I a millennial? Oh, here. Am I a millennial or Gen Z? A millennial is anyone born between 1980 and 1995. Okay, so I'm Gen Z. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Gotcha. My sister's a millennial and I'm a Gen Z. My older sister. Oh, wait, no, she's a Gen Z too. She acts like a millennial though. Um, the expectations, you know, what's the generation younger than Gen Z? Is it Gen X? Because I feel like their expectations might be a little bit worse than ours just because we got to grow up with less social media impact on their lives, especially millennials. So, we kind of got to grow up a little carefree, playing on our bikes every day. You know, we ring on our friend's doorbells. We use our home phone to reach our friend and be like, hey, is Emily there? Life was so much more simple. Like, we weren't worried about what, you know, post we were going to post the next day. It was a very carefree childhood, at least for myself being a Gen Z. But I feel like the generation, like even my younger sister, she was born in 2005. Like, she had to go through these aspects of social media in her childhood that I never had to and she was already exposed to things like the standard of beauty and things like how you're supposed to dress and how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to look like nowadays when we were all doing whatever the hell we wanted and you know what's funny I feel like that's why people that are younger nowadays like people that are like 14 15 16 
are so much cuter <laughs> than how we looked. Like, I see so many things on social media that are like, oh, she's 13. This is how I looked like when I was 13. And we were like literally wearing our glasses, piggy tails, like a dress down to our ankles. I feel like because this younger generation was so is so exposed to like trends and fashion and beauty makeup things like that they're already trying to fit into this standard of beauty way earlier than we were trying to so that's why kids that age are just you know seen as so much cuter than we were at that age which is fine I think I was a funny looking 13 year old um but anyways I feel like expectations on millennials and gen z we've kind of got the easier end of the stick versus the younger generation gen x so yeah all right, last question is, talk about how social media affects relationships. Hmm, good question, good question. Personally, I can't really speak on my relationship really being affected by social media. I don't think it was at all. I feel like I did, you know, you guys saw it. I did put my relationship online a fair amount in a lot of YouTube videos because for the most part, I just fucking loved it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good time. The same way I add any of my friends in my videos, I do it for fun. I do it because it's so good to look back on. It's so good to have these memories with people and I just enjoy it. I don't do it in a way to profit off relationships or uh, I can't remember the word, but like, you know how like the you know, like what the Ace family does with their kids. Like, I don't do it for that reason. You know what I mean? I do it based on pure joy and happiness. So I think putting your relationship on social media isn't necessarily a bad thing unless you're using it to profit in a way. I can't remember the word, but you guys, I hope you know what I'm trying to say. Unless you're using it to kind of be clickable or be viral or Oh, you know what I hate on social media? Sorry, just switching the subject right quick. Um, pranks. Pranks on your boyfriend or girlfriend. Ugh. That was the sound of me gagging. I hate that. I think that that's the worst thing in the world. How do people do that? My only exception, BF versus GF. Pranks versus pranks. I love them. But they were before all the chaos started coming in on pranks in relationships. Nowadays, the shit that people do, it's so clickable. Don't get me wrong. I watch some of them. But it's like, how are you doing that? I cheated on my boyfriend prank. Huh? You're giving your boyfriend trauma. What's wrong with you? I have a hickey on my neck. Let's see how she reacts. Excuse me? She just trembled and fell on the floor and started vomiting. That is so so detrimental to a relationship i can't believe people do that so that's definitely one way that social media affects relationships but also um i think more of like a user and less a, on a influencer level people can look at other people's relationships the same way that i talked about earlier how everybody's lives look better everybody's relationships look better all the time Everybody looks like they're so in love, like they have the best relationship in the world. And, you know, you have people commenting goals like, I wish that was me. That made me feel so single. That made me feel so this, that, da, da, da. Like relationships, at the end of it, you have so many great benefits that come out of it. But they're hard work. People don't talk about that on social media. People don't talk about your blood, sweat, and tears that go in for a relationship to actually work out. Like 
these are elements that you kind of have to think about yourself before you compare your own relationship to one that you see online or before you compare your singleness to the fact that someone else is in a relationship. It might not be as great as it seems or it could be doing really well, right? But it's because they put in the work and it's because they try very hard to have a successful relationship. So yeah, all these elements are important to keep in mind. I think in general, just talking about social media, it's so important to have this background knowledge of knowing these things, knowing that people are always putting their best foot forward on all of their Instagram posts, on all of their stories, on all their YouTube um, videos, on all of their TikToks. They always want their lives to match an aesthetic. They want to look good. They want to, you know, portray the best part of their lives. So you have to keep that in mind in order to stop comparison from happening. And then also there has to be an element of just, you know, turning it off, zoning into real life. Social media is a different dimension. Like I said, it's like you just have to remember these things in order to not let social media just absorb your whole entire mental, which can happen. Anyways, with that being said, I think we touched on a lot of really good topics, a lot of good aspects on the social media world. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you had a good time listening. Um, once again, don't forget to follow the Instagram at Between You and Me Podcast. The reason why I had the idea to talk about social media was because one of you guys commented on a post. So thank you for that. Before I end, don't forget to rate the podcast if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give as many stars as your heart desires. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. I love you all. Have a great day, evening, wherever you are in the world. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.